Hey, let me, uh, let me ask you a question. How many of you like to take makes a difference? Doesn't matter where you are or what's going on. The sky can make a few times many of you, sure, can it? You know, sometimes you, you, I've been to Alaska a few times, many of you guys know, and there's a big mountain there called Denali, and it's always hidden by the clouds. I've been there four or five times, and I think I've seen it for about 10 minutes because the sky never cooperates on that. But when the sky cooperates, there's some, here's some pictures I've taken, and you just the thing that makes the picture is the sky. When you look at that, you go, oh, there's not much to that picture. But, man, when you see the sky or you see something at a sunset and um, the next one, you know, see, I mean, now God can paint a picture, can he? Isn't that awesome? Like that. But then there's my favorite, and that's the nighttime sky. And so if you go outside at night sometimes and you can actually see. Now, to do this... You have to get far, far away from our lights here in the city because you look up at night and you don't see that much. But when you get way out and away from everything and the skies light up on a clear night, there there is nothing, I, I will say it this way, there's nothing more peaceful and more terrifying at the same time. Because you see it and you go, wow, this is kind of awesome that it's just, it's just peaceful here. It's just nice to be away from all this and out here, and then there's that terrifying feeling of how insignificantly tiny we are at times when you look at that. And I think it may have been a moment like that that we, we read about in scriptures when the shepherds were out, and scripture tells us that in the same region, shepherds, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them. Now, could you imagine looking at that whole big sky going, wow, what a clear night, and then all of a sudden an angel showing up before you? It says, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you the good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born to you, who is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to people he favors. You know, it was probably a night like that. You're out and you're seeing the skies and it's clear. And then all of a sudden there's an angel and it, and it, it, feel, it fills the sky. And they're terrified at this moment. And, and, and their message is peace on earth. But at that moment, they're not feeling peace, are they? It's very terrifying. It's shocking. It's overwhelming to them. And even though they're saying that peace has come to earth. The actual feeling that they're experiencing is everything but peace. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel that way sometimes at this time of year? Do you feel like that we're up here talking about peace on earth and happiness and joy and stuff, but everything inside of you feels totally different than that at times? You know, the angels announced that with the, the arrival of the Messiah, that there would be peace. But yet here we sit over 2,000 years later and it seems like peace is more of a word on an ornament than something that we actually experience in life. 
And, and we lit this candle of expectation today, expecting the return of Christ for him to, to come again and set all things right. But right now we live in that in-between time where God's, God has already answered, he's already come, his kingdom is established, but not fully yet because he has not returned. And so today in this season, though we talk about peace, oftentimes the words that we might use more often would be hectic or crowded, loud, expensive, busy, rude, traffic. I mean, all of these type of things that may describe what we're actually experiencing this season. And then, of course, at this time of year also, people may be experiencing loneliness or sadness and depression because this becomes a time of year for reflection. It's getting near the end of the year, and we start looking back on what we did or didn't accomplish this year, things that happened in this past year, things that have happened in the past, and, and holidays seem to be that time where we all come together. And, you know, I just got back from a vacation with Julie's side of the family, and, you know, every time we're together, we talk about the, the things that we've experienced in the past together. We always go back to these moments and these events and these things. And we actually watch some, some old movies and stuff from videos of the kids when they were little and things this, this time when we were together. And it just brings back this flood of memories. And so the year, as it winds down, and as you look back on these things, sometimes it can be very difficult as well because you realize that maybe you didn't get to do the things that you wanted to do or maybe you're, you're experiencing this season without people that you've experienced it with before. And so when we're up here talking about peace on earth and joy and happiness that the Messiah brings and you're experiencing something that's totally different, I think it's a lot like the shepherds were that night where the message is peace and joy and hope, but the experience is terror and fear and confusion even at times. And so let me just paint a picture of you of what I'm talking about, maybe if you've never experienced something like this. You know, each, each year my family would get together at my parents' house, much like I'm sure you guys have done. We would gather, and it would be everyone. Now, I'm the fourth of four children, and I have two children, and my brother has two kids, and my other brother has three kids, and my sister has three kids, and it's all, everybody, you know, all together in there. And it, it was a two-bedroom, one-bath house that they were in. That was joy. All right, and, and we're together, and you would, you would sleep on the floor. You would have cold showers. The soap wouldn't wash off because it's that weird kind of water that you would just go, I can't get this off of my skin. We had dial-up internet. Now, you want to talk about hard times, people. Dial-up internet. Y'all remember dial-up internet? That was rough. I mean, whew, we made it. And, and one of the things that was great, we, we did each get our own individual pie, so that made it great. But you love those memories. You love getting together. You love seeing that. And, and, and I don't look back on those and complain about those. If you look on back and, and you remember the things that were there. But here's, here's the truth about 2019. This will be my 14th year not gathering at my parents' house for Christmas because they passed away in 2006. And so this is a time of year for me and I know for many of you that can hold some of the sweetest and most difficult memories all at the same time. And I get that. 
And so when we talk about peace on earth, but yet what we're experiencing is something that is different than peace on earth, the question is, what do we do with that? You see, the last memory I have of that house that holds so many other memories is sitting there sorting the things out with my brothers and sisters at Thanksgiving because that's when all this stuff happens. So as we go into this time of year, those are some of the memories that come up with it as well. And I don't say that to get us all depressed. I say that because I know that many of you have similar stories. Many of you are dealing with different things. Many of you have some times that there's just moments that happen that you don't feel the fullness of the joy and the peace and the, and the, the experience that Christmas and everybody else is bringing. And it's okay to have those moments where you just say, hey, I also want to remember the other things that are about this time of year that come into my mind. Because the truth is, is that Jesus came so that we can have life to the full. And you hear me say this often because it's my life verse, John 10, 10. And, and there's something that I've learned about experiencing life to the full means that God is with you in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And without, not that we desire them, but without walking through those valleys or those lowest of lows, it's more difficult to appreciate the highest of highs. And so this is a time of year where it kind of brings it all together again, and sometimes it amplifies it even more because things happen in this season at, at, at such a way that it just brings it out to the extremes at times. And so the peace that the angels were announcing was the full come because God has offered Savior brings. Another way to think about it is to say that peace has come because God has offered salvation. He's made a way for us to be made right with him. No longer have to be at odds. So peace, so the Savior has arrived and God and I no longer have to be at odds. So peace has come if I choose it. So peace has come. That is true. But you only experience, you only experience it if you make the choice to have Jesus Christ in your heart. So the declaration that the angels made to the shepherds is the same that's made to us today, and that's this. We should rejoice because peace has come to the earth. We should rejoice because peace has come to the earth. Even in the midst of all of the hectic part of the season, the difficult part of the season, the highs and the lows, we have opportunity to rejoice because God has responded to the things that are happening on this earth that hurt our heart, that break our relationship with him. He sent peace to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. And John 3.17 reminds us of this, that God did the world through him to condemn the world but to save the world through him. He didn't send Jesus to condemn us. He didn't send things right between him and us so that we could experience peace and joy and fullness in walking with him. But there's a truth that we know that we see in the story of the shepherds and the angels and that the same thing is true in our life and that is peace usually comes after the chaos, right? Peace usually comes after the terror. You don't appreciate peace until you don't have peace, right? And then once you've had it, and then it's gone again. And so how do I get this back? What do I do to experience peace again? And so what does it mean then that peace has come to the earth? This is, if I were to simplify 
the significance of Jesus Christ coming to earth, this is what it is, is that there is an answer now to the trouble of this world. God responded and gave an answer to the trouble of this world. He didn't respond like the flood with the reset button and say, okay, we're just going to reset this whole thing with a flood. No, he sent his son, and now each of us has a choice to make. Am I going to continue to try to fix all these things and walk through these things and endure these things and handle these things on my own, or am I going to choose to do things God's way? The God who created me, who knows me inside and out, who I have sinned against and broken a relationship with, am I going to now ask forgiveness of those sins, put my faith and my hope in Jesus, and then follow him? It might not change the whole world, but it will definitely change my world. And when I do those things, though it won't take away all the difficulties of this world, it will give me a Savior that will walk with me through anything that I may face in this world so that I can truly then say, peace has come to the earth. But it only happens if I know him and if I choose to follow him. The psalmist writes this beautiful psalm, Psalm chapter 40. He says this, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit of the mud, out of the muddy clay, and he set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. You see that? Many will see and what? What's their response? Many will see and fear because when God gives a response and when he shows up in all of his glory and he reminds us how big he is and how small we are, there is a sense of awe and wonder, but there's also a sense of fear that God is responding, but then we have a choice to make. And what we need to understand is this, that God hears our prayers. God knows what it is that we are walking through, and God does respond. In fact, I will say this very specifically to us. We live at a point in the historical timeline where here's what we're dealing with. God has already responded to the issues of this world. Anything that you may face, anything that's going on in this world, anything that's happening, God has already responded. You see, at the point in time where the shepherds were keeping watch by their flocks at night, God had been silent, and they were anticipating, God, would you do something? Would you show up? Can you help us? What's going on? They were anticipating the arrival of the Messiah, but we now live on the part of the historical timeline where the Messiah has shown up. God already has responded to any issue that you're facing in life. And so the difficulties that we have, the answer is the same. Trust Jesus and follow him. That's the answer. And we struggle at times to do that because 
we see so many different options and ways of doing things and we're pulled by the advice of people and by our own hearts and desires or by our experiences to say, am I really truly going to follow this path or that path? But the truth here is that God has already responded to what's happening in our world. We pray, God, would you do something? And God's saying, I already did. I sent my son, Jesus Christ. Peace has come to earth. But the way that you experience it is to choose not to just believe him, but to follow him. You see, there's a truth of the Christian faith that even though it's obvious, many people miss it. It's not believing in Jesus that makes the difference in your life. It's actually doing what he says. It's following him. When you look through the gospel message, he never once looked at someone and said, believe in me. He looked at them and said, follow me. Do what I'm doing. Do the things that I'm leading you to do. Behave differently. Act differently. Trust differently. Speak differently. Walk differently. Talk differently than this world is doing. Follow me. And that's what makes the difference. And so oftentimes when we're facing the difficult struggles of our life and we're wondering where God is, the answer is he's here. He's already responded to this, but the question for us is, am I following him? Am I trusting him? And so that's why I would encourage you this season, what we need to do as we walk through the highs and the lows that this season can bring, there's really one thing that we need to do to help us through this season, and that is focus on the right things this season. Focus on the right things this season. You know, as, as much as sometimes, as sometimes I would get, I do love this. I just want you all to know that and confess that, okay? So as much as sometimes I would get, I do love this season. I love what it represents. I love the fact that it represents that God responded to the needs of the world by giving us the greatest gift of all, his son, Jesus Christ. And, and I, there is something, though, and I, I think you would agree with me, that's a little bit amazing and frustrating about this season all at the same time. The amazing thing is, is it seems like the whole world stops and and, and focuses at this point in time. I mean, that has to say something to the grandness of Jesus Christ, is that believe what you want to believe or think what you want to think, but we have a holiday that people stop and acknowledge the fact that God sent his son Jesus Christ to the earth. Now, some people think it's all about Santa Claus and presents and other things. I get that. And they miss the point of that. But the fact that the majority of the world acknowledges this holiday is an amazing, amazing thing. I think that speaks to our faith and who God truly is and how he gets his word out. But but the frustrating thing that happens in this season is that people miss the point. They, They get caught up in the cultural Christmas and they miss the true meaning, and boy, that, does that not sound like a Christian bumper sticker at times? You know, don't miss the meaning of Christmas. Let's, you know, keep Christ in Christmas and all that. I, I, I'm, I'm not going down that campaign. I'm saying, here's, here's the truth of it. Peace has come to earth, and if you follow him, you'll find peace. That's the point of this. The point of what you're going through. I hear what's going on. God said, I see you. I know what you're going through. I hear what's going on. I do have a plan. I do have an answer. There is a way for you to follow. Here it is. 
And that's what we need to remember this Christmas. And so we need to focus on the right things by following Jesus. He's already responded to us. Peace has come to earth. It's available for all who will trust and follow. Look at, look at this, what Paul writes in Philippians. Not a typical Christmas verse, but I think very, very relevant to what we're talking about. Look at what he says in, in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 8. Paul says this, Finally, brothers and sisters... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendworthy, dwell is any moral excellence. And if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Think about these things. Do what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. Do, let me read that again, what you've learned and received and heard from me and seen in me. And this is what he says, and the God of, what's that word? Peace will be with you. You see, Paul, Paul knew it. And he wrote these instructions. He says, we need to have our mindset on the right things to experience peace. And then our behavior needs to follow what that is. We need to do the things that we're supposed to do. And as we do that, we will have peace. Don't take this too harshly, but peace doesn't happen by just sitting down and praying for it. Peace happens by following Jesus Christ, by doing the things that he's already given for us to do. God has responded. And that's why we can celebrate Christmas. You see, the truth that is wrapped up in all of this, that we know at this part of the timeline that the angels were getting declared to what to do with that, but now that we've walked through some, they were terrified and they were amazed and, and they didn't know what to do with that, but now that we've walked through some of the history of this and that we're at a different place in the timeline, the thing that we know and that we understand is simply this, is that the peace of God comes from practicing his principles. The peace of God comes from knowing him and following him, and then we experiencing him in his fullness. That baby that God sent grew up. He lived a perfect and sinless life, and then he willingly gave himself on the cross as a sacrifice for the sins of the world, for your sins and for my sins. God responded. And then three days after he was buried, he rose again and he overcame the power of sin and death. And in doing so, he demonstrated that he is king of all and that he is worthy of our honor and our praise. He's worthy of all glory and that there's nothing that this world can throw at him that he can't handle. And that's exactly why we should rejoice because peace has come to the earth. And we should choose to follow him.